Hi, everybody, and welcome to mini episode number six of Attendance Bias. I am your host, Brian Weinstein. Mini episodes of Attendance Bias feature a breakdown of a single song or a single jam from a show that I've attended. I give a little bit of background information about what makes that song or jam so special to me, and then we dive right into it. These mini-episodes are posted on a bi-weekly basis in between full episodes of Attendance Bias, when a guest and I will go over a full fish show. Today's mini-episode features Character Zero from July 20th, 2016 at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco, California. Normally, versions of Character Zero are almost identical from one to the other. It's almost always a set closer or an encore, it always runs between six to seven and a half minutes, and the only difference between each one really is the length of the guitar solo. This Character Zero checks all of those boxes, but what makes it one of my favorites is where and when it was played, and also how the line between the band and the audience was not only blurred, but entirely erased. My girlfriend and I tend to take one big vacation every summer. One year, we went on a baseball road trip through the Midwest. We've done big Civil War battle sites road trips. We've checked out New Orleans another time. But our first big vacation was in the summer of 2016. We would head to the West Coast for two reasons. Number one... We had been dating for a year, and it was time for me to meet her parents. She's from San Francisco, and her parents still live in the Bay Area. And of course, why not coincide a family visit trip with a fish tour when they happen to be on the West Coast for a string of dates? Our itinerary included two nights at the Gorge on July 15th and 16th, then the three nights at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco, And then after that, we would take a long drive down the coast to wrap it up in Los Angeles at the Forum. I could probably do a mini-episode, or even a full episode, for each of those stops. Each venue and each show offered me something that I'd never seen before or experienced before. For example, the Gorge offered the sensation of seeing fish outdoors at the ends of the earth, at a venue unlike any other in America. The forum offered thousands of coked-up chatterbox kids in their early 20s who wouldn't know how to watch a fish show if it were on TikTok. And the Bill Graham offered a trio of shows, each with a distinct personality, in a perfectly intimate venue that is one of the greatest cities in the nation. The first night at the Bill Graham was a standard, average great fish show. However, nothing really needs to be mentioned about that show except the sneak and sally through the alley. This version really blew the roof off the place, and the jam was something I had been waiting for for the whole tour up to that point. When I think back to this show, that jam is what comes to mind before anything else. It would build and build until it reaches a tempo and an energy that's usually reserved for a song like Maze. And that jam from Sneak and Sally at night one of the Bill Graham should be toward the top of any 2016 highlight list. The next day, we woke up, and we weren't feeling quite as lazy as the day before after our big trip from Washington to San Fran, but we got up fairly early, and she took me all around San Francisco, showing me landmarks from her childhood. We visited Twin Peaks, Muir Woods, Los Hermanos for burritos on Chestnut Street, and driving down Filbert Street very cautiously and slowly. Night two of the run had a really good start with an energetic first set, but really, night two was really all about set two. Every song was well chosen and the flow was perfect. 
Every song was nailed. Also, there was a segment of light going into Manteca that killed and no quarter almost had to happen when you listen back to the flow of the set. It brought the entire venue into overdrive. It was a great set and a great show. But more importantly, I was beginning to bond with my significant other who is becoming more and more significant over the course of this trip and this tour. I learned about her family, her upbringing, and her favorite places around her hometown. In short, I was learning more about her as a full person. And night three was a huge treat. Set one was filled with bust-outs and rarities like Demand, which I had never heard live before, or Cry Baby Cry, Sanity, and everyone's favorite, Sing Monica. If you haven't listened back to this run and you're a big fish nerd like I am, you love rarities, you love stats, things like that, check out night three of San Francisco 2016. And all of that would have made the show memorable on its own. But the song that closed the entire run, Character Zero, it's that one that continues to resonate with me all these years later. As usual, Character Zero was played for the encore, along with Waiting in the Velvet Sea. Right after Waiting ended, Trey picked out the familiar riff to Character Zero. He was able to get through just the first two lines of the song before the audience began to take over. I was By the second verse, the band had completely backed off their vocals, and it was like the inmates had taken over the asylum. It was as if the whole audience was on stage. The Bill Graham Civic Auditorium holds about 8,500 people, according to Wikipedia, and by comparison, the Mohegan Sun Arena holds 10,000. That's not a huge difference, but the Bill Graham feels so much smaller. It's constructed in the manner of a citadel. It's a perfect cubed square. This makes it so even the fans in the last row feel incredibly close to the stage. I don't know if it's the smallest venue that I've seen Fish in in terms of capacity, but it certainly is the most intimate. By the time the chorus comes around, Trey decided that it would be loud enough for the band to step back for the vocals, but even then, they were barely there. By the middle of the second verse, the dynamic had been established. The crowd knew that we were in charge of singing the verses, and the band was equally thrilled. They would come back in for the chorus, but again, just barely there.
on record, it sounds so natural and organic. It's some of the best stuff in the Fish experience. I love it because the band is usually the group that improvises and makes changes to the songs that we all know, and we cheer when we hear it. But this time, the roles were switched. We changed it up, and the band was almost cheering us on. As usual, the band provides the musical fireworks to rock us all to our core before sending us out back into the real world at the end of a show. But the crowd wasn't done quite yet. energized after a fish show is not unusual of course but feeling this jazzed walking out of the last show of a three-night run in a major american city is a bit less common normally i'm really exhausted i'm thinking of uh shows at madison square garden especially that by the end of the last night it's like i could pass out immediately after stepping off the train getting home that wasn't the case here Uh, With this audience-led version of Fish's best rock and roll song, it felt like something new had happened. All these years into their career and my career and seeing them, something new had happened. We, as an audience, collectively, we erased the line between the audience and the band. Normally, they play and we listen and react. But this time, they played, but we joined in to a degree that I hadn't witnessed before. As an audience and a band, we bonded We weren't quite on equal footing, but it certainly felt that way in real time. And on a trip where bonding with family was a goal, it felt doubly meaningful. Next week on Attendance Bias, my guest is Pete Mason, although you know him better as Fan Art Pete. Pete is the founder and head of Fan Art. That's Fan Art with a PH. Fan art is the organization in the fish community that cultivates and provides communication between artists and fans. If you haven't heard of fan art or been to a fan art show, you can find the group on Facebook or go to fanartwithaph.net. Pete chose to talk about Fish's show at Star Lake Amphitheater in Burgettstown, Pennsylvania on July 29, 2003. This is a legendary show that sent shockwaves through the fish community at the time. It was shocking for its jams and especially for its set list that seemed to come completely out of left field at the time. In the episode, we talk about that show, Pete's background in the Albany region of New York, and the history and development of fan art. If you enjoy Attendance Bias, please support the show by rating and reviewing the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Or you could just simply tell one person about the podcast. Text them, tell them, or post about it somewhere on social media just once today, and I would be very much appreciative of it. As always, thank you for listening, and see you next time on Attendance Bias. Attendance Bias.